Thank you for coming today to the Bloomfield podcast of In Focus. I'm Danny Walsh, the Bloomfield Township Supervisor. And today I have with me Noah Mahalski, our Director of Department, the Director of the Department of Public Works. Hi, Noah. Hi. <laughs> so just to introduce yourself before we get in, you've been here quite a while. Uh, if you want to just let people yeah. know your background. I'm a 15-year-plus uh, uh, Bloomfield Township employee. I started out in the engineering department in Bloomfield and moved up to uh, running our motor pool and then in management within the DPW. Uh, and I've been the director for around three years now. Great. And we're lucky to have you. And you have a staff as well with just so much experience that when something like waste hauling comes up, I, I have not only your expertise, but your deputy, Katie, who's been through it all, and you've been there that as a board member and as a township supervisor, it meant a lot to know I had experts leading the charge. So thank you for all of your due diligence that you did during what we'll be talking today. No problem. Yeah. No problem. So today we're going to talk about our solid waste hauler. Um, we have had many over the past, I believe it was 1999 when we started with our single waste hauler. Um, there has never been one that has been here longer than 10 years. Uh, they have a typically due to whether it's uh, being outbid or no longer being able to provide the quality services, which is what we were running into now, um, we end up choosing another one. Uh, we've had everything from waste management to Rizzo to the last seven years we've had GFL who acquired the Rizzo contracts. Um, and basically I wanna go through the process because a lot of people think, well, why'd you switch? What's going on? So we wanted today talk about why we did switch, what kind of things we decide here and how we decide it, and give you a little bit about that, and then introduce you to the new CEO, or the CEO of our new waste hauler, which is Priority Waste. But let's start first with GFL. So Green for Life, they are a Canadian-based company that came into this area, um, well, after Rizzo, did their own thing we won't talk about, but I think most know. Um, Rizzo was our current our provider. Obviously, they could no longer service us, um, so GFL acquired them, and they have been with us. We did look into negotiating with them an extension. Um, do you want to go through the process first of what we were looking for and then go through the RFP process and kind of walk people through what you did. Yeah, so there were extensive negotiations that we went through prior to go, making the decision to go out for bid. And um, during that process, it became apparent that we were going to receive tax hikes, or I mean hikes in the rates uh, that we would pay um, for solid waste removal. Um, and that uh, GFL had held their rates for eight years or seven and a half years during the contract. Uh, so we expected that the market would dictate that there was going to be some increases in cost. Um, so we focused then on the level of customer service, the services provided, which are dictated by the RFP process, and we focused on the enhancements that we heard that we from the residents' feedback that they wanted as part of the program. And when I say that, that means our discount levels, our doorside services, and including the events which are popular with residents into the solid waste program to have some continuity with those programs. Um, 
<coughs> through that process of negotiation, it became apparent that we were not going to come to an agreement. And, and when I say uh, extensive negotiations, they were over a, a four-month period and involved uh, yourself, uh, Brian Keeps the Treasurer, and DPW staff. Um, so extensive negotiations with multiple proposals back and forth, right? From our end, we did have executives at the, at the drawing board. We unfortunately didn't get that same from GFL. So it did, when you say four and a half months, part of that slowdown of the process was we didn't have any decision makers coming to talk with us. So there was that middleman where they'd tell us, almost an interpreter, this is what they want to do. We'd make changes, they'd go back. And, and that was um, both disrespectful and inefficient, which was frustrating because you think you have this partnership of seven years, yet I get it's like a small border. It's not that hard to cross the Canadian border, but nobody bothered to come. And maybe that's because they're not a Michigan-based company. Maybe it's something about that, but it was a surprise to never have a single decision maker from GFL come to the drawing table. And that, I know truly, that made an impact on yeah, me. Yeah, that truly created barriers to coming to an agreement in this yeah. case. And, and you know, the, the RFP process that then we transitioned into when we knew we couldn't get to an extension, um, that process still allowed uh, GFL to apply what they've learned here in the township. Uh, I call it like home field advantage. Right. They were already here, had the contract. So in my mind, that positioned them very well to win that contract and understand exactly Exactly what the costs were right. um, so um, we went out for that bidding process at that time um, and again I'll point out uh, the staff side of it uh, Katie Fatherby who is my uh, public works manager she's been in a leadership role in the DPW through multiple contract shifts um, so when we even went to Rizzo for the first time from waste management she was involved with that contracting period the transition from Rizzo to GFL and then now this process through the RFP. Um, additionally, Paul Horan, our superintendent of public works, actually has a background in the trash hauling industry. He started his public works career 25 years ago as a refuse hauler. Um, so he has keen insight into the ins and outs and daily operations, right? Then I bring to bear uh, the administrative experience that I've had over the last 10 years in leadership in the DPW, plus uh, my ability to kind of discern what the residents' uh, push and pull factors are. So um, it's important we bring that experience to the table because our RFP really dictates the level of service and what is provided by this contractor. Um, that's important, the relationship of a uh, RFP to a contract and to the eventual services provided are all dictated by the township and our experiences and our feedback from the residents. So there's been a lot of talk recently about um, services that GFL provided that are going away and that is not the case right. because GFL doesn't dictate the services provided, the township does through the contract. Right. So that's important. And we expect that if there's some in the contract, we would receive them. I know I loved that you were there and Katie was there and Paul were there because you were the experts for the product and the delivery and all of the minutia that I as a layman don't understand. So that was very helpful. But customer service as a resident, I've been here 51 years almost in June. <laughs> so 51 years, I remember when they first had this, the, the solid waste, I was old enough to remember that. But there's certain things we do come to expect. 
and to find out that you know we did have a dedicated line that never got turned on or taking away services taking away things as a resident i would never want to pay more for less i was okay with like you had pointed out we expected some price hikes some people think that we made a decision only based on money i'm glad that we can save money and get better services but had as a resident not just a supervisor had somebody offer me the um the same quality services that Bloomfield Township dictates, because again, this isn't GFL, and that would have been okay, but to do a price hike and less services. And it's funny you pointed that out because when you're talking with other communities in the area, everybody is so different. You may have the same trash hauler, you may have the same, or sorry, solid waste hauler, mm -hmm. um, but what you get is very different. For example, as, as residents, we expect that we can put bulk out every week. That apparently is not a standard in other areas. Right. We also assume that there's door side service. That's not a standard. So I love that you pointed out these aren't GFL services. These are our requirements that our carriers provide for us. Yep. Um, and that is something that I didn't want to see go away. Yep. Yep. We are truly in the driver's seat and that brings to bear our experience. That brings to bear our advocacy right. on behalf of the resident. Um, so it truly, you know, and we as a staff will feel the pain. So it's truly in our best interest for many reasons to provide the services that we feel are best for the residents. Right. And that's what has occurred here. Even during the negotiations, some of the price increases that were being uh, proposed were in the 34% range, right? So that's nowhere near what we got by going out to competitive bidding right. so um in my mind that means that the competitive bidding process worked right um so um and again i can't fault the bidding process when when a company who had some home field advantages um didn't come to the table right you know, i and can't you, fault staff for that right so. <laughs> and when you talk about the bidding process that in itself was extensive as well um we were happy to get four bidders. We mm -hmm. expected hopefully one, maybe two, and we got four. Um, do you wanna talk about the process, about how it got whittled down, your visits to the different facilities, and how that went? Yep, so first, um, when we were determining, far before we started negotiating even with GFL for an extension, we started strategizing internally about the market, um, who the players in the game would be, whether whether we would even get bidders if we went out to bid. That was the the first thing would that create some sort of market that would allow us to get better prices um, so we determined that there were new players priority another uh, in uh, company multiple companies that were interested in bidding waste management some of the big players in the game right so we knew at that point we would have some competition um, and some of those uh, entities came in and offering enticing uh, service adjustments as well that they could do that would be better values for our resident right so so that uh, led us to believe, and rightfully so, that there was, was some room, A, to get better pricing out there, but B, also maybe if we're going to, again, and uh, pay more, maybe we can get a better service out of it, right. right? So as part of that process, we began vetting the market, really. Then we um, began updating our RFP based on adding in the enhancements that we had heard over the years from residents that they desired, allowing carts to be picked up by the uh, which is prohibited under the current contract um, in, 
incorporating the events into the RFP, but also retaining all of those items that our residents value highly, like our discount programs, our doorside services, those value-added programs. So we um, did a full-scale evaluation of the RFP, um, put it out to bid, received bids from four firms again and we vetted those firms um, both our internal staff and a committee um, that was formed of uh, trustees and yourself and other you know other interested parties so that we could have a, a team approach to the vetting of this that being said internal staff went out and vetted the facilities the staff did interviews um, with with the uh, perspective or with the bidders uh, to start to vet out their um, abilities to perform uh, so we've done all that background we did extensive calling of background checks uh, Paul Horn in my department spent hours on the phone with uh, former clients current clients of priority to vet that relationship out it all came out swimmingly um, uh, Miss Fakie a township trustee had a personal relationship with um, a client of priorities Dearborn Heights and there were some questions about performance uh, in the past there that we were concerned about. Uh, she fully vetted those concerns as well. Um, so um, I want people to understand that this was a very multi-pronged approach. And um, you know, our interest as staff here at the township is to guarantee the level of service that our residents expect. Right. So that is at the heart of the whole matter for my DPW and my staff, and I believe priority waste as well. Well, thank you for covering all of this aspect. Now we're going to actually have a guest with us for the next part. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to introduce to you next uh, Todd Stamper. He is the CEO of Priority Waste, and he can now segue us into our next to talk about our transition, who they are, where, they, where they'll be taking us, and go from there. So we'll be right back. So thank you for coming back. Today we have also again Noah Mahalski, our director of the Department of Public Works, and we have Todd Stamper, who is the CEO of Priority Waste. Thank you Thanks for, for joining me. us. Thank you for having me, guys. I've been excited for today, actually. Absolutely. Love um, so if you could start, we would love to just hear about you're kind of a disruptor in this industry. You kind of came out in the probably about six or seven years ago, maybe longer, you can tell us of who is Todd Stamper? Who's Priority Waste? And give us all of that. Well, I'm sure we have time constraints. <laughs> I'll, I'll try and bring it down for you. Um, you know, I started off as a rough carpenter out of high school, took five of my buddies. We started framing houses. That turned into buying property, developing, building, and a lot of Macomb and Oakland County. Um, when the economy had kind of slowed down in 07, 08, parked, parked that company, and I went and spent some time with uh, Maddie Maroon at Central Transport. And I built truck terminals across the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Um, I learned a ton from them. There's a huge organization, logistically, um, technology, operations side. How do you run you know, something that big and be fluid and deliver all of that? Learn I had a great time with them. Uh, it kind of, kind of turned back around, and we lifted up the construction company, and then we started brokering uh, labor into the big three um, till about 2015. And the big three was common for... Hey, can you paint a ceiling? Can you do our garbage? Can you replace, uh, you know, cement? The, you know, they, there was always something to do with them. And then um, we had the facility management company at that time. We started managing auto plants globally. 
um, worked for a lot of tier one and tier two suppliers. And locally in our community, um, when the when the industry kind of was flipped over, when one company sold to another back in 15, 16, um, there was a little dip in the service. You know, it's a big company buying another company. You expect those things to kind of happen a little bit. So um, I, I had an auto plant that we were managing, and I don't know if most people know this or not, but it's extremely expensive if you shut an auto plant down because you cannot get their garbage off a dock. So we needed to do something about it. And I started looking at the industry and seeing how archaic it is. Um, no disrespect to the forefathers of any industry, but pretty much, you know, they cut the straps off the horse and old Henry Ford put a, an engine on it. And then that was the industry for a long time. And then they automated it. They put an arm on the side and everyone got excited about that. But they never really looked at the operational side. So being humans, right, we make mistakes. And imagine yourself in an actual garbage truck driving down a street and you have every can's the same color. Very easy to miss. Very easy to miss a stop. Things such as that. Um, being more pressure on to be a good corporate citizen. Um, how do we do uh, carbon emissions, carbon footprints, so many trucks on the road, how can we get better at it? And just kind of looked at it and said, you know what, I think this is a, a market we can really go in and we can disrupt it and, and, and in a positive way. Such a, you know, and, and we've talked about this before. Um, I'm gonna kind of date my age here, but the, the cell phone used to come in a bag. I remember my dad had a bag cell phone. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, right? It did its job, right? Then the next phone came out, the flip phone. Well, why would you buy a flip phone? Because it's a lot easier. And then the Blackberry, now we have email and we can do all this stuff. And I remember fighting like, I would never leave my Blackberry. Then you go into an iPhone and technology has come so far in many things in our lives, even when we fought it, I'm never leaving my back Blackberry. And then you picked up your iPhone and you're like, oh my God, look at how much more this can do. I can condense, I can be faster, I can do a better job, I can track my life better. And, and we kind of looked at the industry like that. So when we first started, it was just buy a few trucks to service our own stuff so we weren't shutting down our own, our own plants. And in a very short time, we, we, we saw a pocket and a need in an industry that, that we felt was extremely archaic. And we brought a lot of technology into it. So um, that's kind of my background in a, in a quick nutshell. There was a lot of ups and downs in there. You know, anybody that's uh, successful with anything will tell you that you can learn so much in school, but unless you roll your sleeves up and learn how to fail, you'll never learn how to succeed. Right. And that's kind of what we did. <laughs> and some of the things that you're, I know, that really attracted Noah and Katie and Paul too are these differences that you have instituted in priority. Do you want to go over some of the things that you noticed the most when you went on these field visits? Yeah, I would say that what struck me on the site visits, both uh, those and the uh, interviews with employees from the top down, was the customer service focus that you have within your organization. Mm -hmm. We saw that play out with the technology that you have at your disposal, with the mental health kind of programs that you have for driver retention. Yes. within the organization and the real big carrot for us and the overall package is this improved customer service model that results which is clearly something that our residents would be most um, kind of keen to or realize, realize mostly um, explain that paradigm and, and how the technology and the extra layers the LDCs I believe you sure. call them explain that whole paradigm and that whole management philosophy and how that impacts the customer service absolutely so in looking at the business at a whole um, 
it is often that if you're a customer that services picked up every day, you don't even see garbage trucks. You don't even, they're not a part of your life. It's when there's a problem, the back end at what happens. You would think in a lot of, in a lot of areas of our life, we make a phone call, we're on the phone for eight, nine minutes. We have to wait for someone else to call us back. And, and we looked at garbage as a now business. So in order to do that, the way things have always been done, you needed to build a whole entire operational system. So many companies have put cameras in their trucks and they use those cameras more as a safety tool or to train the driver to wear a seatbelt or if he stopped. And, and I understand that. And then you have companies that might have a, a routing software to better efficiently put people through neighborhoods. But to actually put it all together um, like an air traffic control tower versus a pilot. So we, we view that our drivers have been put on an island. They were given a route sheet in the old way of thinking and said, go do your route as fast as you can and don't miss anything, right? And then they're out by themselves all day. If they do have a problem, they're trying to call back to the yard. The yard's busy. The guy's not calling them back. He may have a flat tire. He wants to get home. He wants to get his route complete. The drivers want to do a good job. They do. They don't want to miss stops. These, the men and women in these trucks, and it doesn't matter the color of the truck, it may be green, light green, red, blue, it doesn't matter. For 99%, 99.9% of everybody wants to do a good job and get home safely, right? They do. So as a, corp a corporate responsibility is to make sure you can give them every tool they need. And we know generationally we're changing. We like to work different. My father, my grandfather may have went to work. He just put his head down, did his job. You know, there was no emotional entanglements, right? As, as the generations go, we want to feel like we're a part of something. We're a part of corporate. The, you know, the mindset's different. People want to know who they're working with and who they're working for. So how do you do that? Well, not just one camera. You use six. We have six cameras on every one of our trucks. We view all sides of everything that happens. The driver camera has, the driver camera has a face camera that faces him as well as forward. And that camera is not there to punish that driver. That's not what we use. It's not big brother watching our employees. We don't use it. It's for employee engagement. Every one of our vehicles has a huge tablet, not a small one, like a Tesla. And that driver can communicate with his personal assistant that is also your personal assistant, your our resident's personal assistant. And that's how we're able to take many different silos in your standard garbage company and put them into one and connect everyone together. And I'll give you guys an example. If I called in and said, all right, priority, you missed a stop. Okay. First of all, when you call, right, you're only asked to prompt, is it residential, commercial? So I hit the residential button and I'm really focused on 1950s in the front. We have a live person that answers the phone. It's not a call center in Topeka, Kansas. It's not in Canada. It's not in another country. Not that it matters. It's right here right? You're calling Jody or Renee, and they're going to say, hi, how can I help you, Todd? And I'm going to say, well, I live in, in Bloomfield Township, and my stop was missed. Hang on a second. I'm going to get you Jen. Jen is your logistic driver coordinator, or LDC. She handles your area, and her responsibility is to watch those cameras and all of the trucks that are in that area that are servicing you. I'm going to put her on the phone for you right now. Boom. I'm transferred to Jen. Hi, Jen. I live at 1234... Uh, Lone Pine and my, my um, garbage was missed today. And Jen says, oh, really? No problem. Let me go ahead and pull up the cameras real quick. And we're just going to check the drive by and we'll see what's going on here. Now, not that anybody would ever call and say that 
they missed a stop when they really forgot to put it out. But it does happen. So Jen might respectfully tell me, well, you know what, Todd? I don't know who was supposed to take the garbage out this morning, but our truck went by at 10 o'clock. Shoot me your email. I'll send it to you. And the garbage wasn't out. But I'll tell you what, we're going to come back and get it this time. Let's just be cognizant that it, it cost everybody money to come back. Or if we forgot, because we're human and it's possible, if we forgot, no problem. I'm going to send you a video. You can see our truck go by. Let's get the driver on the phone right now with us. And if that driver has time to pull over or is safely in a position, he can get merged into the call. So now you have your logistic driver coordinator, your personal assistant as a, as a resident. You have the driver and myself on the phone. Hey, Mr. Driver, I appreciate everything you guys do. And, you know, if you could come back and get it, I understand. And maybe mark your tablet and just make sure you guys don't miss me next week. Hey, no problem. Or we've had, hey, can you not put the trash can when you pick it up with your arms so far back? Or, or the driver may say, can you not put it where your mailbox is because I can't get to it? Or for any multiple reasons. So you're bringing customer and, and the driver and your actual assistant all together to solve problems that you may see. Now, for the most part, um, the guys in the trash business are, are doing a great job. You don't hear, you guys hear the complaints, we would hear the complaints. So if you think your driver is doing a phenomenal job in your neighborhood, I don't want you to hold that against priority, right? Contracts uh, get won and lost all the time. We're coming into your city and we're trying to make a difference into this township. So if, if a driver, you may see that same driver work for priority. If that driver is a good driver, I don't know how the other guys think, but I know how we think. And if we were to lose a community to another, to another provider, and I never look at it like they took it from me, it's mine to lose. So I need to look at myself and see how we can get better. But if we were to lose one and a driver came to me and said, hey, I love my residents and I love my community, I would be you, then you should absolutely apply and, and go there because you're gonna make a difference in that community. It's ultimately about the customer. My successes are based on what we do and how well we do it. And we're not in this blame game of someone took something from me. I hold myself and my team accountable for all the goods and all of the bads. And with the technology we have, we're able to limit the bads, train, and get better. And other companies just don't have it. They may claim to have a camera. They may claim to have a routing software. But they don't have an operational system that's proprietary that I that, that myself had whiteboarded at like 2 in the morning waking up over years of trying to get better at this business. Um, and had a team of people implement with proprietary softwares and things like that. So it's been a, a really good time for us. As you can tell, I'm really passionate about it. I'm excited about the growth. I'm excited about that backside service. Because you know what? For the people that say it's just garbage, they pick it up and it goes away. We're in a different time. It's not just garbage anymore. It's reduced carbon footprint, geocoding, um, being responsible. Our cameras pick up stuff all the time. We felt police capture people. We've been able to prove things that we haven't done that we were told we did. We've been able to admit when we did things wrong. I have full transparency. If you, you mentioned one time that the cameras showed that there was a person using white bags in the snow. 
And so even something that simple of now we know why it was missed and you had an LDC who would tell them, hey, remember, this is the house that uses the white bags. Make sure to look for them. Simple, right? You're a driver. And again, you want to do a good job and you're driving down the road and and, and the tablet's telling you every house to stop at. It's all turn by turn now. So it's not no no more cowboying. Like, I think I got that street. I think I didn't get that street, right? Right. So every the truck the driver knows every single house every stop it's all logged and recorded when they're there plus it's on camera so the driver it's funny they call in and we're like we're looking at the cameras we can't see it well it was up in our northern communities and there was a huge snow bank from the plow and it was a white kitchen bag perfectly camouflaged right we're telling the home like we and then the homeowner finally said it's a white kitchen bag you can't see it on the cameras we couldn't see it not argumentative at right. all. We're like, no problem. We're laughing about it. But literally, I can show you the footage where you could not see that garbage bag if you were standing on top of it. It was like right. like a sniper hiding. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so there's, there's, it just helps, right? So then, yes, that is marked in that tablet. And it says, hey, Mrs. Smith at XYZ, you know, um, Smith Street is uh she uses white garbage bags that she sets out so be cognizant if their snow's piled up they can be camouflaged so little things like that that you just aren't gonna get when you hand somebody a piece of paper and say go do your route we're bringing the customer into our world we're bringing the driver into the corporate world and the driver is no longer on an island he has a, a a personal assistant in that tablet at any time he can say his ldc's name and that ldc's face pops up they're staring at each other Right, and, you're, and it creates an emotional bond between that between corporate and that driver. Since implementing this full operating system, we are seeing statistics, and we use a lot of stats from auto. Right, we're from the auto industry, so like Six Sigma, um, you know, uh, Kaizen, continuous improvement, being born and seeing all the exciting technology, where you know you'd see a million people building a car, and now you see these robots, you know, doing everything. We've been able to capture a lot of that. So um, on our on our statistical side, we're at 99.79% on pickups. Wow. We had 2.7 million touches last month. That is unheard of. Like, we're breaking, like, standard records. Does that mean we're perfect? No. What that means is, is that if a call came in, it was picked up that day. Garbage has to be picked up that day. That's one of my rules. Outside, truck engine blows up. Gacks of God. But for a standard garbage pickup... We're at 99.79%. Our call volume, by since we've implemented the PIT, which is Priority Integrated Technologies, and that's where you saw the big wall, um, our call volume went from one call for every 600 homes to one call for every 6,000. Our volumes are just way down. And we want, I need the residents to call. If there's a problem, I want them calling. We're not saying, oh, my God, she's calling again or he's calling again. No, 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 no. I get better based off you calling in and telling me if I did something wrong or situationally how we can get better. I don't have a problem with that. I want them to call priority. Call. Make sure you call priority. Well, and we will address it in the real-time portal that you guys have. We're inputting every call that comes in. We are not cheating any calls. Every call comes in, and it's right open for your portal to see so you guys know. And and it's important to know that if we didn't take care of something and a resident calls you directly and it wasn't in that portal, now you're grading us, right? Why wasn't it in the portal, right? 
So it's just layers of everybody's watching everybody to work together to be successful in your neighborhood. From the driver to the logistic driver coordinator to the, to the pit boss that watches the big screen to all the cameras, right to me. Additionally, you know, we've kind of talked about um, customer service, and that's one of the major factors here. But um, Dearborn Heights, a large community, too. I wanted maybe touch on um, your ability to perform, like what other contracts you have out there. Personally, um, Paul and my office talked with Flint. We spoke with Westland. We spoke with Gross Point or Gross Eel um, because they're similar. A, they're large communities. They're big entities. Obviously, Flint being huge. Uh, we understand you have a contract with in mid-Michigan with a consortium of communities. Explain that, um, kind of your ability to perform in that way. Yeah, so every community, um, as you guys know, is a bit different, right? And what their recommendations are, what they're asking for. Some communities like all carts, some communities like, you know, unlimited bulk. So being able to identify their first needs and when we go in and launch a, a community is very important. There's always hiccups in every launch. I would be, a, you know, I, it would not be the truth if I said that every single thing is gonna be perfect. So how do you minimize that? How do you go in and learn that community? And how on day one do you support going into that community and really just do a great job for them from the get-go? And, and there's a big team that goes in behind that. Um, Flint, I'm on, I would like to talk about Flint for a minute. So Flint was a, uh, an interesting position we found ourselves in. The, the council had approved priority nine days before the start date. So we had to assemble a team of 30 people, have all of the trucks there lettered, you know, all the routing done and go in and just be able to launch flawlessly. Um, outside of a few standard hiccups, we rose to the occasion, we were able to pull it off. Another interesting uh, thing about Flint, and, and I think that it's important for the residents so they know my culture and the culture that we've created and our team has created a priority. Um, their pre previous contractor in Flint struggled for 90 to 120 days prior to us coming in, and there was a lot of garbage in that city. So when we took over, although every week we had picked up the garbage that we were contracted to take over, there was two things going on. A, I couldn't stand that our name was now on a city that had a, a lot of garbage laying everywhere. And B, being smart enough to know human nature, eventually Priority was going to own that garbage even though it wasn't ours. So we partnered up with uh, the largest hauler in the uh, in the U.S. And it's not because we didn't have uh, the capabilities of cleaning it up. I wanted to do it fast. So we were able to go out and um, I'll just say it, WM. I called WM and said, guys, I know you have your green team. I'd like to take 40 of my trucks, maybe 30 or 40 of your trucks, and spend the next three weekends in Blitz, all of Flint. And I picked up the cost for that. Priority Waste picked up the cost for that. And it was the right thing to do for that city. That city's been through a lot and, and we were happy to do it. So a lot of our drivers, a lot of the, uh, on the corporate side, middle management, everybody pitched in and, and WM showed up as well. And we partnered together and we swept that whole entire city. We cleaned every alley. We emptied FEL cans for closed businesses. We cleaned houses that, we didn't go through and clean houses that were empty or burnt down or anything of that nature, but we went in and cleaned up everything. So we had a fresh start there and we've continued. The team has done an amazing job there. And, I'm, and I can't stress enough the fact that the technology tells you what's going on every day, every day. It doesn't let anything slip, right? So if you, if you get caught not paying attention, that's when the problems happen, right? If you don't catch on to your customer service, if you don't know and listen to your business, because your business will always tell you the story. If you get caught not listening, 
things can happen. Customer service slips. You're on the phone for 20 minutes and you just it just slides down from there. So everything's in real time. We really look at this as a now business and that's been some of the successes. The MMWA, certainly an interesting model. Um, they, it's a consortium of, of multiple communities that are together. Uh, going through that bid process, they had decided that they were gonna award half to a company and then half to another company. We got the one half of it. Um, the other half was automated, um, and that's the way the, that particular business wanted it. So they, they, they took the automated half. In that, our biggest is Saginaw. And um, we also launched, this is important, we launched them on a holiday week, such <laughs> as we are launching Blue, Bloomfield Township. So everyone remember we are launching July you know, 1, which is a holiday week. So there is that day. Um, and you had the same thing. Uh, the, what we learned from that launch was launching on a holiday week, make sure everybody understands which day they're on when there's that holiday. And also it, it gave us another important um, piece of info that we'll share. We guarantee the service day. So when we put stuff in our in our in Google and we do all of our geocoding and we run it through all of our softwares and mapping, we are going through your community and we are going to be as efficient as possible to leave a less carbon footprint and as least amount of trucks on the road that we can. It's safer for everybody. And it's also being a re responsible corporate citizen. In doing that, your current provider may be at your house at 710 every day, right? That might not be how priority it handles it. Priority may be there at 9.15. They may be there at 2 o'clock. So in our launch, it's, it's very important that the residents understand that we guarantee that day of service, not the time. Your time may change. And it's all based on the efficiency of the routing, which will guarantee everybody gets picked up. So those are a couple things we learned through MMWA <laughs> and their launch was launching on a holiday week. And then it was really prominent in that community how people were like, the garbage man comes at eight o'clock and that's yes. that. And it's like, well, no, that, that's not, we're contracted to pick up your neighborhood on a Monday. So right. we may not be there at eight o'clock and we explain why. And generally people understand when you're trying to do the right thing and you're getting better and you wanna have, you know, get the trucks off the road and not have as many trucks on the road and utilize technology for turn by turn and being as efficient as possible and understanding the whole operational program, they love it. They really do. They, they, they do, they, they understand, they get it and they go, I understand my priority exists today. Right. I get it. And it is unfortunate that it is a, a holiday week, but we as residents are used to that anyway, no matter who is picking up that week, we would know that it's gonna be the next day uh, because I believe Monday will be the regular service, but then Tuesday through Friday will be set back one day. Yep, be bumped. Right. right. We'll go into so, that Saturday. And that would be, even if we weren't transitioning, right. that would yep. still exist. <laughs> so sometimes I would, I would like the residents to also understand that there are some things that just aren't priorities fault it's that it's a holiday um but let's talk about the transition Noah, if you want to kind of cover with todd the transition going forward yeah so internally um my management team and my administrative team are going to be active in this um myself and and my superintendent in particular will be out shadowing the trucks um priority will be out doing their own shadowing but we want to make sure everything's running smoothly from our perspective out there um Katie will be in the office kind of fielding frontline administrative calls and then filtering it back to Paul and I uh, 
kind of on the field end of it. Um, uh, but even before that, we've been doing the data sharing, we've been doing weekly meetings, we've been trying to position ourselves in a way that makes this transition as smooth as possible. We've been successful in getting all the account information from GFL uh, to provide over to priority. That's been a big hurdle to cross. Um, we've been providing them, uh, we've been having kind of discussions back and forth about the performance indicators that we're going to focus on through this transitional process. We've been front-loading everything with uh, additional staff and additional resources to make sure that that goes off without a hitch. Um, and uh, I think the dedicated employees that we're gaining that are different, clearly different, and a, another step uh, for us to achieve better customer service, those things are all going to be the tools we put into play. And, um, you know, everything you're saying, Todd, as far as the auto industry, I had to look up a few acronyms myself <laughs> because some of your staff there, it's so ingrained in their head what these KPI, these key performance indicators are that drive how good we're doing and actually tell the story out there. Um, you know, that's something I believe in as well. And I think something that's going to bring to bear fruit in the, in the way of good, uh, you know, expertise and good service to our residents. So um, it's been a concerted effort. That's kind of the behind the scenes. We've got a social media effort going on, but uh, I know even some of your key staff are, that's kind of how their mantra works. Uh, so kind of from your end, what does that transition look like? So I'll go through a few things on transitions. A um, couple of the sticky points first. Um, it's very important for the residents to make sure they're following up with the social media, reading how the, this transition will work. Uh, as far as billing goes, uh, there's the options. You know, if you pay in full, it's 3% or almost equal to a month. If um, Getting your credit card information, if you want to choose pay credit card, or if you're mailing a check or if you're doing ACH. Obviously, as a company, we prefer ACH or credit card. And it, it, as far as how you would pay, because it's just easier for us. It's less paper, it's less mailing, it's less touches, mm -hmm. right? So the more we can streamline processes, the better the successes are. But being 1950s on the front end, if you want to write the, your check and put it in the envelope, absolutely no problem. So understanding how the billing is going to work, and, and you guys have even mentioned in the past that billing can sometimes be a debacle. So what we've done internally to fix that is we expect that to be a problem. There's going to be residents that don't understand. There's going to be residents that need help. There'll be residents that don't use computers or that don't have Facebook or Snapchat and TikTok and all the wonderful ways everyone communicates now. Um, the LDC program is, is, is the same thing in every aspect. So when you call in and Jody and Renee answer, it's a billing question. Jody and Renee will be like, no problem, let, let us get you over to billing. And they're going to work with you. I have mandated a, a three-minute cradle-to-grave on any conversation. And cradle-to-grave is very important because you can answer a call in two minutes and write down the problem and then hang up and have to call that person back. It's more touches. It's more time for problems to happen. So our team is tasked with taking care of any of those questions, be it service-related, billing questions, hey, we love you, thank you, whatever reason they want to call in for. So we should see a, a smooth transition in that billing and the ability to um, handle people's problems right away. If it's a little larger than we think, we have the capability to ramp up. You guys have vid visited, had a chance to visit the, the offices, and you can see the amount of super excited people in that building willing to help and ultimately it's that culture thing so that does bleed into 
giving a better customer service. So for me, the billing is a transitional issue. Also too, if there's some obscure street that wasn't on your map or Google didn't pick up or anything like that in that transition period, that may be, hey, you missed four houses on this street. Well, none of us knew it existed. There's always seems to be that one street that nobody knew about and it's not on a map and um, being able to call in and take care of that right away. As far as the first few weeks, first month of coming in, you're going to see more trucks than the, the township really needs because our SEAL team is going to be in here. And that's an acronym, acronym um, for that we use for our, our six to seven best drivers that go into launches. It stands for secure, execute, align, and then they leave. So they're going to come in and secure the way we do things with the new drivers. And hopefully maybe there's some of the drivers that were already here. That's always helpful. Uh, we're not big at poaching like we don't want to poach other companies drivers but if they call it's fair game and another thing you'll notice about us too we really don't worry about what the other guys are doing and we won't talk bad about them it's not the way we were raised it's not in our fabric we tend to worry about us so that seal team will come in and they'll work with the new drivers and they will stay dedicated for however long it takes for the operation to be at a point we think we're hitting that 99 percent Right. There's always going to be one or two. Could be a missed stop. Could be someone didn't put it out. But once we get into that that 98 to 99 percent KPI, and we know that your township is settled and things are operating well, uh, the SEAL team will start to pull back. So you'll see less trucks in the neighborhood, and then over a 90-day period, you might see one extra truck in the neighborhood, just to make sure. Because we all know Google. It's Google's told us to turn left before, and, right. and right was probably a better option. So we'll clean up any of that and, and, and put that data inside the tablets and with the, the, the folks at corporate to make sure that those trucks are 100% efficient. And that's a question that I'm not sure if you've received this as well, but um, because you're expanding and because you're getting more contracts, you are looking for a lot of positions. So I have gotten the call of, I see on Indeed that they're looking for people to, have they even do they even have the hiring capability? Sure. So how many trucks do you have in our area and are they already hired and ready to go? So the drivers for Bloomfield Township are already hired and ready to okay. go. Um, they will be onboarded probably three weeks prior to launch. They'll go through safety. And they, we also have to have almost like a breakdown meeting because when you have a driver who has been in the industry a while and he's a really good driver, they're used to doing things a certain way. And when you come over and you're with us, and you're, like they're blown away, right? So they're looking at tablets and having a personal assistant and having direct access to maintenance and the routing software, turn by turn, the way we, you know, the things we do and just understanding that culture, it takes a little bit of time to get everybody up to speed on that. So they're trained on that first. And then a week prior to coming in, they'll start dry running the routes and we'll start trying to gain efficiencies before we even launch. We, we have not, we've been blessed. We, we haven't had a problem through COVID. Uh, we grew through COVID. We haven't had a problem bringing drivers in. People are in the market are excited for something that's a little different. And I think you'll see the demographic of younger people coming and working at our company. Um, statistically, I don't know what other companies have, but certainly for us, it is younger and younger because we're doing things a little different. It's a little more exciting. They like the technology. They like the fact that they're a part of a team. They can feel it. The emotional entanglements of sustainability, wanting to do better, wanting to make sure we're not mixing any loads, you know, putting recycling with the garbage just because we don't have enough drivers or things like that. They can feel that passion. So we really don't have a problem hiring. We're not short staffed anywhere. 
Um, the reason Indeed exists because everyone's on there. Right. I mean, Bloomfield we Township might indeed. be on there, right? Mm -hmm. We do. So, <laughs> you, know, it, it, you know, it's always smarter to try yeah. to say you, that every employee you have in your whole entire organization is the best of the best. I, I would love to have that KPI to see mm -hmm. if we do really have the best of the best. You're always trying to upgrade in areas. You're always trying to get better. It's stagnant. is bad. Stagnant's bad. And that's what this industry's been is stagnant. It's paper, driver, go get it done. I don't want to hear about it. And get back to the yard. It's just a bad, the culture in, not every, I'm not saying this across the board, but seemingly, because there is a lot of good people in this industry, but it's just ready. It's ready for something new. And that's what we're providing to the employees and we're providing to our customers. For me, it's employee customer. These employees are taken care of. You're going to get the best service in the world. And some of the new things that they'll be getting, will they be going through NOAA or will they be going through you on now we will be able to have carts? The really large carts. I know that's something that as a cart plus group, that is important because I would love to take down one huge cart and be done with it. Others would like to take out smaller ones. So um, we end up having a, a transition there as well. So with the transition of when we're offering new services, because again, you're, you're not only brought us a, a better rate than some of the competitors, but you also are bringing us newer services. Yeah, I think um, that's a key tenant, uh, right? And, and the the past contract, even though they were picking them up, they were not allowed by the contract. And the equipment uh, even wasn't set up to take the carts, right? So we understood that as a impediment. You as a company kind of saw that being at the wave of, of or how it goes. And from employee retention, if they're not lifting the cans, you can obviously hire a different kind of driver for that job, right? Um, and we, from the, the other end, hear from residents that carts are a priority for them, right? So we built that into the contract you know you we even have a paradigm within the contract where they can purchase it from you they're large so if you have don't have a big huge vehicle to get them from point a to point v the we can actually have them delivered as part of the contract right so um uh, as much as the last contract prohibited the use of the larger carts this contract embraces the use of those carts and so do you as a contractor and i can say that um like you mentioned the portal a couple times and even this the issue with the carts right it's this customer service it's this focus it's this accountability not only for the resident for us as the township for the contract and for the contractor right you mentioned commingling uh we get a complaint on that right now and we have to rely on the resident to submit pictures uh we have to go out and surveil that equipment to get a final answer on that whereas this portal and the open communication and the cameras on the vehicles will provide accountability and that's accountability to a state standard as far as compost mm -hmm. and recycling the commingling end of it but it's it, it kind of displays that partnership that we're building between the hauler and and the residents in this case and that partnership is more displayed by the cart kind of paradigm as well so we talk about commingling in the carts for a second you guys sure. got time awesome so um i'll tattle on priority um fourth of july week westland uh, about 4:50 on a friday Friday night, the trash truck driver was on his last street. He had overheard just that the recycling driver was going to dump his recycling. So the trash driver took it upon himself on 10 houses to pick up all the recycling. He commingled it. Okay. So caught it on camera, right? City calls. 
We went and had a meeting with the city. We met with the driver. The driver, honestly, just like you and I would thought, look, it was Friday at five o'clock. There was five houses left, right? Like I heard he was going to dump. I didn't realize he was coming back. I was just trying to get us home. It, it, the driver did not get fired for it. I, I don't believe we even wrote him up for it. We just said, listen, you can't do that. There's standards that are set. And the standards are that it doesn't matter that it's a holiday week and or whatever the case may be, that it's only five houses. We take this very seriously. To add to that point, the cameras that we have in our hoppers have artificial intelligence on them, quite like a recycling center has. So it, it's affording us the capability in the near future that if, let's say, my children or my wife or myself through Christmas lights or a coat hanger in that recycling bin, it'll it'll be able to prompt and send a letter to my house that says, we appreciate the fact you're recycling, but please find the, what's acceptable in a recycling container. So we are honestly focused on getting better and putting cleaner materials into the MRF. And why it's really important for priority, a lot of co companies tote that, hey, we own MRFs and we own landfills. I don't have a MRF currently. We're we're working. Do you want to explain what a MRF is? Oh, too? I'm sorry. That's a material <laughs> recovery facility. That would be where all of your recyclable materials go. So, although it's good that some companies do own a material recycling facility and that we have to have those, what's important for people to know for us, the more contaminants that go in that truck that we try to take to the recycling yard, we get a huge cost to that. So it benefits us the way we operate to make sure that it is the cleanest material in there when we're direct driving that to that MRF. And then if you're trying to take a bunch of recyclables to a landfill, it's not my landfill, so we dump with, with WM. So if WM comes in and says, you can't dump recycling in this landfill, you know that, you have to take that to the MRF. So it really positions us to look at our customers and say, we have no benefit whatsoever to commingle any loads. It only benefits us to make sure they're the cleanest loads and we're doing the right thing uh, on, on that side of the fence. On both, just because it's the right thing to do. In the carts, you know, when talking to residents, I know that the, the 95 or 96 gallon carts can be a pain. I know they're big and they're bulky, but let's talk about safety. When our drivers can pull up to your home and take an automated arm and flip that can and put it back down, we don't have a driver hanging off the back of the truck. We, we are in a society where the younger generation is texting. We all see it. People text and drive even though they're not supposed to. The garbage industry is extremely dangerous. And the most important thing to me is the safety of the men and women who drive those trucks every day. And by going to a cart, by purchasing a cart and carting your, your home, you're guaranteeing that, that that driver does not have to get out off the back of the vehicle where he could you know get hit by somebody <coughs> passing or you know, God forbid somebody rear-ended him or just stepping up and down so many times a day, slipping, getting hurt. The carded thing, the carded system is, is, is efficient um, and it's extremely safe. With that being said, there are people who can't carry a cart down and we understand that. So if you're teetering on, well, do I really want one of those carts? They're kind of a pain. Look at it from the safety of the guy on the back of that truck or the girl on the back of that truck because it is truly a much safer way to operate. But it was nice that you are able to offer sure. if there's somebody who can't, you know, some of our older community that doesn't want the door side community side yet, but it is hard sometimes those get heavy. They do. And it is hard to take it down. It's nice that you are able to um, to accommodate any of those, 100%. Any of those requests. 
100%. We, we want to accommodate everybody. And for those that can, we just tell the story of safety. And a lot of people yeah. look at it and go, wow, I never thought about it like that. You know what? I, I think I'm going to go to a card. Right. Yep. And then would they be contacting you for those cards? Or they also can purchase them on their own, but if they were to go through you? Yeah, so they can go online and order the cards direct. Okay. They can pay for them online and they would be delivered directly. Or they can call and they'll and we can set up delivery if they want to pick them up. It's, it's not a problem. The choice is the resident. If you guys feel like calling the office, call the office. Say hello. Um, and we'll get you a card. If you want to go online, if you're busy and you like to use online, no problem. Go to PriorityWaste.com and fill out your cart and it'll be dropped off. Then some of the next steps too will be the um, the through the transition will be when we say like follow social media the township will be putting out some information you'll be putting out information of of where it'll be more obvious of what's coming when it's coming and reminding of course a holiday weekend is our launch <laughs> um, so Noah thank you to you and your staff because you're helping uh, Carrie's team so our cable and communications team has ramped up so much in the last year and has helped i know as a resident i love that we have our weekly e-news that anybody can follow so if they're not already on there they can sign up and they'll be getting updates about this um, we'll have it on on facebook on um on instagram i believe we're on as well right. <laughs> and we'll make sure to be on there <laughs> Social media. Uh, and get that out there um and then priority i know you're putting some items together as well so we're going to be sending some things also directly to the home because mm -hmm. there are some people that are not um, as tech savvy so we're going to be sending a letter to every resident as well letting them know about it and i believe you're going to be sending some stuff out as Absolutely. well so more That's information great. will be coming um but is there anything else you would like to cover before we uh, I want to stress to the residents that there is a team of people both on priority side and on the township side that understand what the stresses are going to be during this transition and we are here working for you guys so we want to hear from you we want to understand how this transition is going and we'll be very reactive as I believe priority will be as well absolutely input is what drives us good bad or indifferent we want to get better every day and I just like to personally thank uh, Bloomfield Township, uh, its board, everybody that works here has been amazing. Um, my staff, uh, all the teams of people that are working on this, and all the young talent that's being a big part of a of an industry that you generally don't see that. So I'm a very appreciative to all the employees, and, and they definitely they deserve all the credit. Um, I, I just come up here and tell you guys what they're doing because they're amazing. Our teams are amazing, and we're super excited to show you guys what we can do. And, and, and again, any issues, any problem, anything at all, make sure you're, you're, you're uh, sending an email or you're calling us directly because we use that information to get better. We don't use it to – we're not argumentative at all. We want to do a great job. So I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, I want to say that as a as a resident, as your neighbor, as your friend, and who you trusted, um, this was not taken lightly. Uh, again, just to remind you that whenever you have a Michigan-based company that can offer better services, more services, and at a better rate, we're going to jump on that. Um, but I do want you to know that you should be holding both Todd's team and our team accountable. If there is something that does go wrong, again, remember there is a July 4th weekend, so the first week, just remember there's that day lag. But if something goes wrong, you have a missed stop, you have some damage, which has been happening in the past, 
give them a call directly. It will go straight into them. If for some reason you're not getting the level of service that we are feeling that we deserve, go ahead and call our team. We're going to all make sure that this is an easy transition for all of you. So thank you for the trust that you put in us. And I promise you it was not taken lightly. This was a, a long process. Um, and we're going to do our best to make sure that it goes right. So thank you so much, as always, for joining. Thank you, Noah. And thank you, Todd, for joining. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Have a great day.